This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. What is probably going to be our lot, our last podcast of 2021. If I sound a bit weird, it's because I had some technical difficulties on my computer. So we're making it work using a different device, my phone, and some different headphones. But that's just what we do for our fans here at the Science Fictionary. We improvise, adapt, and overcome. But, you know, sometimes, like Spider-Man learns in this movie, crap happens, and you just got to deal with it and move on. I'm joined tonight by Andrew. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And Marisha. How's it going? And tonight, as you might have guessed from what is probably the title of the podcast and also my fun intro there, we are talking all about Spider-Man No Way Home, the movie that we've all been looking forward to for the longest time. Yeah. There were so many rumors. There was so much hype, so much anticipation. If all the rumors were to be believed that this is going to be the biggest movie ever made ever, and Jesus Christ himself was going to show up in this movie, according to some of these rumors. So, finally here, we all finally got to see it. My first question for you guys is, did it live up to all this hype? I mean, Jesus Christ himself did not show up. Spoiler alert. However, everyone short of that? I mean, everybody I wanted to see was there. And I just, I had, I had decided. Oh, spoilers, 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 by the way. Spoilers. Yeah, alert. yeah, we definitely, definitely want to point out that if you haven't seen this movie, please don't ruin it for yourself by listening to this episode of the podcast. Yes, don't do it. Um, because yeah. even if we tried to do a, a non-spoiler episode, we're, we're not very good at that. No. Uh, it's going to be spoilery. True, it's true. So that being said, my, my non-spoiler review is go see it. Yeah. Yes, go see it. Absolutely. Um, so I had kind of decided, okay, I'm not going to get my heart set on seeing Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man again. Like, because I was going to, if I just got too attached to it, I was going to really have my feelings hurt. So I just decided I'm just not going to expect it. But by golly, I sure was happy whenever he was there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you would say it lived up to the hype. It did, yeah, definitely lived up to the hype. For me. Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, I don't. There's, there's, there's not a lot not to love about this movie. No, there really isn't. There is a lot to love. I have some nitpicks. I have some nitpicks all, as well, only because I care so much about the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree that this definitely lived up to the hype and even exceeded it in some ways where I, I, it, I expected it to be a bit of a cluster. I expected myself to, I think I've said it before. I expected myself to be in the movie and think it's really awesome, but then walk out and be like, huh, wait a minute. I didn't like that, but that didn't happen. The last Jedi phenomenon, huh? An emotional turmoil Mm -hmm. and could not sleep that night. A lot to process. Um, Mm -hmm. In all the good ways. It was everything I wanted out of the Spider-Man. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and I was I was really interested to see how you liked it because I know you weren't a big fan of of the last one. Yeah, I was not a big fan of Far From Home, and I've said it before that that movie just doesn't feel like it's about Spider Man. I think Spider Man himself in it is great, and I do enjoy the movie. I will will rewatch it because I love Spider Man, but the movie doesn't feel like it's about Spider Man in my opinion. A lot of people disagree. A lot of people really love that movie people that i usually agree with mm-hmm. this far from home just did not hit for me and then going into no way home i was super excited with all the rumors but i felt like it was going to be sort of a a thing where there's a lot happening and a lot of fan service but i kind of walk out i'm like huh well the movie itself wasn't that great like yeah the fan service is really cool but what about like the actual structure of, of a film but thankfully it didn't fall into that trap and yeah, I absolutely adored this movie. I think it did some really great things with fan service. I think it did fan service right. Mm-hmm. I think the fan service benefited the movie and pushed the plot forward. Um, it all kind of made sense. And most importantly, this movie is still very much about Tom Hall and Spider Man. Yeah. Well, and I, a couple of things of note that we discussed. Um, a couple of weeks ago with Roe, actually, from the Scarif podcast, um, because I know, and I, and I was, I thought they overdid it, but the the whole, I guess what has been dubbed Iron Boy Jr., uh, mm-hmm. with the, the, uh, the Iron Spider outfit being a little overdone and overused and just making him a little bit more Iron Man and a little less Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I told, you know, in that episode, because I just edited it the other day, and, and one of the things that I said was, I think that's going away in this in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea just how far it was going away. But, yeah. like, it's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. This movie was obviously set up in a way that if Sony decided they didn't want to work with the MCU anymore, yep. they would not have. 100%. And that was a little obvious watching it, so that kind of took me out of it for a second. But I still like the direction they ended up going. So yeah, this this movie had some big retcons. And something really impressive that it did, and, and what a lot of MCU movies have done, is it took a really crappy story. One of the worst Spider-Man stories ever written. One moment in time. It is the story where... Doctor Strange uses magic to make everyone forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. It's a horrible story because it is actually a retcon of the story um, One More Day where Mephisto makes a deal with Spider-Man. So Peter Parker makes a deal with the devil to save Aunt May's life, but in exchange he has to give up his marriage to Mephisto, whatever the hell that means. Very big. Wait, marriage to, Mef- to Mary Jane, marriage. right? You what? said marriage to Mephisto. His marriage to Mary Jane. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, he had to give up his marriage to Mary Jane to Mephisto. Okay. Like he had to, like, Mephisto took his marriage. Yeah. Whatever that means. Right. Um, and it's a horrible story. And the people were really upset that he made a deal with the devil. So then. They had a retcon where Mephisto made it so that he was never involved, 
for some reason and had it to where actually what happened was Doctor Strange got and it's just a horrible story. This movie adapts that story really, really well and, and does something really good with it. You know, and, and the, it, that's something the, direction that I love. the NCU has done really well with is taking storylines that were just so, some beloved storylines and some that just weren't that good and making them work. And that's just always such an impressive, you know, thing. Yeah, I think it was really impressive, and I and I liked seeing it play out in a really satisfying way. It's why I'm a fan. I'm I'm excited for like, hey, let's get the Clone Saga in the in a Spider-Man movie. Let's do it. That that story sucks. I love clones. I love the Clone Saga in Spider-Man. I love how bad it is because <laughs> for me, I I consider myself more of a Spider-Man fan than even a Marvel. Like I'm a Spider-Man fan first, then a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Marvel includes Spider-Man, but like, if you ask me, hey, you can only see Spider-Man movies, or you can only see other Marvel movies, mm-hmm. I would choose Spider-Man. Yeah, I just love the character that much, and so even when Spider-Man's bad, it's really good. I love mel- the melodrama and and the bad stories, and watching Peter deal with these really awful stories. And just like having to be at the end of them, like, well, that was a crazy week, and then move on. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this movie did that really well. And you're right, Andrew, it really did address the Iron Boy Jr. stuff in a big, bad way and completely retconned, but, but retconned through like actual storytelling and in universe stuff made it so that. We have a Spider-Man that is more back to square one by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a really tragic story. It's a lot of big, cool fan service stuff going on. But when you really look at it, it's a tragic story that we watched unfold. And it's really, really sad to see Peter have to deal with that. I'm going to shut up for a while because that's going on for a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're, you're good. Um, yeah, so... I mean, you're hosting, so however you want to kind of guide us through the through the movie. Uh, but you know, as far as the movie goes, I, I I love I love everything they did. I I have a few little nitpicks that we'll get into when we get to those topics that really kind of deal with the fan service, which I feel was done really really well. But I wonder how it resonates with people who might not have ever seen those other five movies. Hmm. Yeah, because they leaned. It was the way they leaned into, like you know, when we see Andrew Garfield Spider-Man for the first time. It's right. this. It's this big thing, and it's like you know, it looks at him. He looks back through the portal, and it's like that's not Tom Holland, right? And he comes running through. So you make this big thing about it, where it's this build-up, and when he pulls that mask off, you're just supposed to lose it. Yeah, but if you haven't seen those movies, does it still impact? the same way does it impact as well because it's another spider-man just just because it's another spider-man if you don't know the andrew garfield spider-man but i mean even if you haven't seen it i feel like most people are at least aware that this was the previous spider-man yeah but in 10 years 15 years 20 years yeah like, how does this hold up? Infinity War and Endgame are going to be movies that people are going to remember like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They're, they're these monstrosity 
events mm-hmm. in, in cinematic history, right. and people are going to talk about those movies forever. And I, I think, and I think this one is really good. And I don't think that the way they did it ruins it. I do wonder how it impacts. But it ultimately, the two characters, Tom, uh, um, Andrew Garfield, and uh, Toby and Toby McGuire, do such an amazing job that even if you didn't know those those movies, you're still going to love. Yeah, their characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, so like I said. It's a nitpick for me because I don't know. I just, I wonder, I, I'm curious. It's not a, It's not even a gripe as much as I'm curious how it will age. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like, like Spider-Man fans, you know, the, the, I feel like the Raimi movies especially hold up. I mean, they're definitely a little dated, but not in a bad way. In just a, you can tell when they were made sort of way. So I feel like, fans of spider-man that are going to be watching no way home 20 years from now will also still be watching spider-man yeah does that make sense yeah Yeah. certain it does make sense and this is certainly the spider-man fans film but let's just jump in i'm gonna i I, i'm pretty confident i remember how what actually happened in the movie like scene by scene so we're gonna go from the very beginning and just see what we think about it this is gonna be a long podcast buckle up boys and girls yeah buckle up um so it picks up right where uh, Far From Home left off. Literally the same scene. Peter Parker's identity is revealed. He jumps down. He picks up Mary Jane. The crowd's going crazy around Mary Jane. It's, are you his girlfriend? Peter bumps into somebody. And then a whole, I think the person's like, he hit me. Don't say that he hit me. Which is like, yep, that would totally happen. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yep, you are correct. That is how things go. Uh, he picks up Mary Jane. He starts swinging away. We get a really fun, fast-paced swinging sequence. Um, where Zendaya is just like going to throw up and it's really funny and he they end up like trying to go underground and we get a really cool scene where they swing through the subway and it's like nope that's even worse they go back above ground and they finally make it home to Aunt May's apartment where we interrupt the breakup <laughs> between oh, Aunt May and Happy poor Happy and, and Happy is just blubbering and crying at Aunt May <laughs> It's just a just a whole fling thing, picking up the joke where we're far from home left off. Yeah, and they enter, and it turns out this is the first time Aunt May's met Mary Jane. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they walk in on what they see. It looks like uh, Peter and Mary Jane are hooking up. Peter's taking Spider-Man costume, and it's like, oh crap! How do we deal with this? And I think. There was even a little joke where Happy was like getting ready to t- had to talk to Peter like a father figure about like sex. That was really funny, and it's just really fa- there's some great cinematography. Like I don't think it was a 100 percent um, cutless shot. Like I think the shot did cut and stuff, but it, it, it went very fast paced and it felt like one really long scene, and it culminated with Aunt May and Happy seeing on the TV that Peter Parker's identity is revealed and their apartment is now on the news. Ah, it was really yeah. funny. Oh, Peter puts on the, I survived my trip to New York shirt, the same one he wore in homecoming. That was funny. And that is how the scene culminates really fast paced, crazy opening to not like action pack, which is really fast right off the bat. Open mm-hmm. to the movie. what do you guys think about the opening scene? 
I mean, I thought that it was, it really set the tone for kind of the whole movie in a lot of ways. Because it was, you know, there was a lot of chaos, there was a lot happening. And it really, you know, you just, there was no like build up to it. It just sort of dropped you in. And, you know, Marvel, they have created this world where they can start a movie without having to give, you know, spend five minutes recapping the movie before, you know, getting somebody to give exposition. They just draw, they just like, if you clearly you've seen what comes before and they just, just hit the ground running. And, um, which I, I appreciate because it gives, it gets all of that dealt with very quickly because I feel like sometimes movies feel like they have to spend, you know, half the movie building that up that sort of thing up and they got that dealt with quickly so we can move on to all the other things that are happening. Yeah. No, they did do a good job with that. We could have spent entirely too long mm -hmm. dealing with the fact that the news reporters are and the police are chasing or mm -hmm. chasing Spider-Man and you know, mm -hmm. is he or isn't he, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, we could have spent a whole movie doing that and I think it, it would have really dragged by the end. And by the end of Far From Home, that's what I thought we were going to get yeah. in this movie. Well, that's what it felt what like. It was going to be. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it felt like while we were waiting for this one. Mm -hmm. Was that um, we were largely going to deal with the fallout of, you know, mm -hmm. of, of people finding out that he was Spider-Man. I mean, that is the story, but it's really not the the people on this earth that know that he's Peter Parker that are the problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could have been a whole movie. It could have been a whole thing they did, and, and that's why there was a lot of confusion with some of the rumors, but by the end, I do think it all kind of made it work um, pretty well. And, and yeah, they, they resolved things pretty quickly, uh, all the legal stuff, and I was actually going to be kind of annoyed if they would have spent too long on like the is Spider-Man a killer mm -hmm. legal troubles? And within like, the next like one or two scenes, I think the next, really the next thing that happens is we see Matt Murdock at yep. the, at the Parker apartment yep. talking to happy and Aunt May and Peter. And I don't know about y'all, but my theater went insane when they saw the cane. Yeah. That was one of the, probably one of the loudest moments in our theater as well. The cane, the cane drop. The, you see the cane. Uh huh. The blind man's cane. You know it's him. And then it's Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox. It was incredible. I fist pumped uh, mm -hmm. when I saw that. It was. I was like, okay, so this movie is everything I heard is definitely true. This is awesome. And then it was a great scene. They straight up, right off the bat, Matt Murdock was like, yeah, there's, there's, there's no actual legal evidence that you did any of this stuff and there's really nothing to worry about legal wise. like you're, you're not going to jail right. you know um well there was that scene where uh right before that there was a scene where everybody got arrested and it was a fun scene you know the whole that cop that that total i want to kick that guy in the face so bad <laughs> that cop that was like messing with ned but um the guy got out of the way pretty quickly just like yep you're fine. Nothing to worry about. Your life is going to be really, really hard now, but yeah. legally, you're good. You don't right. got to worry about anything. Then yep. he's talking to Happy. He says, <laughs> Happy, you need to get a good lawyer. Yeah. Uh, he's like, 
And then he's like, I'm a good lawyer. And that was funny. But I have a theory on that, which we'll get to in the theory section towards the end of the video of, of this podcast. Then great scene. A brick gets thrown through the window and Matt Murdock. Ca- he, Peter goes to catch it, but Matt Murdock catches it first. Mm-hmm. Peter goes, how did you do that? And he goes, I'm a, I'm really a very good lawyer. good lawyer. That may have been my favorite line <laughs> of the whole movie. How did you do that? I'm a very good lawyer. It's like, oh, that's epic. That is just like, that's just the perfect response. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was an amazing, amazing scene. Um, yes, that was awesome. What do you guys think of seeing Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock back on screen? Oh, Especially man. With the day before, we had Kingpin coming back in Hawkeye. Yeah. Just incredible. No, I, I absolutely love that they're bringing those characters back in. I hate that it took so long, but I mean... I guess when you really look at it, it took three years. Well, they, they weren't even allowed to touch the characters, basically, at least those versions of the characters for two years. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah. all things considered, they got them back in about as quick as you could have asked them to. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I mean, you know, of the Netflix stuff, I mean, I like The Punisher, but mm-hmm. of the Netflix stuff... The Daredevil series was head and shoulders above the rest. Oh, definitely. The, 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 the first, those three seasons of the Daredevil are some of my favorite TV. Yeah, I mean, it still might be the best. It still might be the best television comic book adaption. Definitely. I mean, only thing competing with it is Arrow, but and then Arrow has some really bad seasons. So I, I think, like I, you can say, season one of Arrow is up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then season two, I'd even say with the Deathstroke stuff. Yeah, yeah. But after that, it kind of falls off. While Daredevil's Daredevil, a lot of people don't like season two. I like season two a lot of Daredevil. I have some problems with it, but yeah, that Daredevil show at the time. It was my favorite thing the MCU had done. Was season two or season three the season that crossed over with Punisher? That was season two. Okay. Yeah, I love that season. That introduced the Punisher. Um, and that, that last episode of that season is is incredible. It, yeah, it is. really is. And honestly, season three, the last episode of season three, where he's just beating the absolute crap out of Kingpin... There's blood all over his white suit. Yeah. And Vincent D'Onofrio's looking up at him. And Matt, and Vincent's like, kill me. Come on, come on, kill me. Like, he just wants to break him. And Matt just lets out this, Charlie Cox just lets out this incredible scream in the air while he's holding Kingpin. He's like, no, you, you have taken everything. You will not break me. Some of the best superhero storytelling yeah. since Spider-Man 2. Yeah, absolutely. it was great. And you guys know how I feel about my beloved characters murdering people. So it was really <laughs> cool that Daredevil's like, I do not kill. So yeah, super cool to see Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox back. So happy to see that. They're going to be doing something with them. It could be a movie, could be a show. I don't know. But this, I mean, this, I think this, he's got the potential point. to show up all over the place now. Oh, yeah, I think he's going to show up all over the place for sure. But then he's got to get his own. Daredevil's big enough to get its own. Oh yeah, he's going to get his own thing. I kind of wonder if that, unless they're already working on something that they haven't announced yet, I kind of figure he'll show up first, 
like like really show up in maybe Echo. Yeah. It seems like that'd be a I good place for him. That seem uh, he could show up in She Hulk. Uh it'd be but great to, to see Murdoch. I don't think Daredevil's gonna be Yeah, no, we but we can see Matt Murdock in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Marisha, any thoughts on Matt Murdock being back? I mean, he's just one of my favorites. You know, Charlie Cox is one of my favorites. Um, and, you know, he was just so phenomenal as Daredevil. I'm really excited. You know, it's like the thing is now that he's been, now that he's shown up, he could be anywhere. And, and that makes me very, very happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love knowing that Charlie Cox loves playing Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And he will happily be in anything they pay him to be in. Yep. So yeah, we get that legal stuff out the way, and then it moves on. Um, happy, they, they move in with Happy, because Happy, you know, he has that Stark Tech apartment. He's all right. a lot more secure than the Parker apartment. Um, yeah. And then Peter finds that machine, um, and then he's FaceTime. He's sleeping on the couch, FaceTiming MJ. And really, this scene's only really funny to me because are only notable to me because happy is wearing a face mask for sleeping that my stepdad uses. He's got sleep at me. So funny. And I was watching it with my mom and sister and we looked at each other and we died laughing. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> That's funny. And it was great when happy was like, um, yeah, yeah, we get it. You love each other. Could you go to bed? Yeah. <laughs> Poor happy. This was really not his happy. movie. No, this movie was rough on happy. It really was. It was yeah, really sad. Happy's having a real hard time. Like, so I know Happy's a kind of a side character, but I, I do hope they kind of come back somewhere down the road and uh, give him a little bit of a happier story. Right? Like, I mean, I I'm feel sure like they ought to do what? I'm sure he'll be in Armor Wars. Yeah, that would be an awesome place for him to show up. So, the next day, Peter's Peter is going back to school. Looks like it's their, you know, their senior year, and it is like a it it is like a celebrity coming to school for some people. But then there's the other side of yeah. the line where it's people holding up signs protesting them. So it's a pretty even split. It looks like between people who believe Mysterio, yeah, and are you know buying into the J. Jonah Jameson um, propaganda. Which throughout the whole movie, we get these little vignettes of J. Jonah Jameson's show calling Spider-Man a menace. And it's a really good storytelling where at first you see him in just like a green screen in his room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then by the next time you see him, he's in a full studio. Mm-hmm. So yeah. J. Jonah Jameson has, has, has made it big time on his reporting on Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah. Just from that. And it's caused a pretty even slit where you got the two students that are chanting. And even when he gets into the school, You've got the teacher and um, the principal, or I don't know, that wasn't the principal, because the principal was the grandson of one of the Howling Commandos. And it's just, maybe it's the principal now, I don't know. But you got two of them who were like, hi, welcome back to school, where we built you a shrine. Heroes. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's like a shrine built. But shrine. then you've got the gym coach. From, from from homecoming, mm-hmm. uh, who's like, yeah, no, I believe Mysterio, you're a murder, and he's so casual about it. Mm-hmm. 
like it was really funny and i love that comedian he's one of my favorite comedians so that was just really fun mm-hmm. you know it is very i thought it was a really accurate depiction of like especially kind of in this day and age it seems like people are so polarizing public figures tend to be so polarizing um, and it's not like people are like some people love them and some people are different about them. It seems like a lot of times when something co- happens, like I mean, like Kyle Rittenhouse, man, it's like either people thought he was the devil incarnate or he was like some upstanding bastion of Second Amendment rights. And most people felt strongly one way or the other. And I feel like yeah. in this world, Spider-Man is very much that kind of person. You know, depending on on your point of view, he's either you know the the second coming or he's the devil. Yeah, I see what you mean there. Um, uh, just to just to clarify to any audience members, nobody is saying that Peter Parker is Kyle Rittenhouse. Okay, <laughs> no, I just want to. That's nothing. That's no slight against you, Marisha. What you said is perfectly good and makes perfect sense i just don't want any misinterpretation here (laughs) that is not a one-to-one direct comparison anybody's making no absolutely not that's the problem people hear things like that and then they're like i hate the science fictionary or i love the science fictionary right so yeah no you're right i think it was a very accurate depiction i I really like that um and then we get a really nice heartwarming scene where they're where peter's up on the roof of the school Mm -hmm. with mj they're talking. So They're sweet. about to kiss, and in comes Ned. <laughs> and bless it. bless poor Ned. Yeah, which I've been, I have been Peter, and I have been Ned <laughs> in that situation. Uh, so I understand <laughs> it from all sides. And they're talking about MIT, which I thought was just kind of. At first, I was like, okay, yeah, a little nice mention, but it actually comes into play pretty well. So on MIT, how they're all going to get in? They're all going to live together it'll be really nice peter holds zendaya's hand peter holds mj's hand and then ned puts his hand in oh i know Uh, it's so cringy it's like dude read the room but it does help to build up their relationship even more Mm -hmm. i definitely buy that they're all three best friends there's a lot of chemistry yeah for sure yeah um anything else to say about these scenes before we move on you know, I do appreciate that, like, you know, you, you kind of, like, Ned comes off as a little oblivious there, but nobody's like, you know, like, dude, hit the road, you know, like, I want to I wanna be with my girlfriend, you know, like, right. I appreciate the fact that they're all decent enough people that, you know, they kind of realize that, yeah. like, their dynamic has always been kind of a threesome and now is kind yeah. of changing. Well, and, it, and not just that. It's building the fact that they're all three friends. They're all three close at this point. Mm-hmm. Does play to the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And, and it's really important to establish that, yes, Peter is in love with Mary Jane, but he loves Ned just as much. Mm-hmm. He's not in love with Ned, but his love for Ned is just as strong. Mm-hmm. And and the one of the best things about this trilogy, I think, has been the relationship between Peter and Ned. Mm-hmm. It has been built up really, really well, yeah. I think. And I definitely buy their friendship 100%. They seem like real, natural, actual best friends. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think it's important to establish, you know, again, for later in the movie, that 
MJ and Ned do also have a, a dynamic, you know, like it's not just like she's the girlfriend and he's the best friend and they just kind of are always at odds. But like they, you know, we, we see at the end that he's actually at the coffee shop by himself talking to her about school. Yeah. Right. Which I, I also think was really, really nice that like if Peter was out of the equation, they'd still be friends. And they're like, even when it's just them hanging out without Peter, they still have chemistry. Yeah, that's the thing, and they're they're together for a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. They really In fact, are. they had what I thought was one of the funniest moments, like silliest lines in the whole thing. Ned sits down, he says, you can take the man out of the chair, but you can't take the chair out of the man. And Zendaya's face, I don't even know if it was in the script, but she just <laughs> looks completely appalled at <laughs> what oh, just no, came out of his great. mouth. <laughs> The three of them have some incredible chemistry, and like, at the, yeah, Ned and MJ, even without Peter, seem like really good friends. Mm-hmm. And I like to believe in my heart that in real life, the three of them are best friends. Um, yeah. I'm just going to tell myself that they seem to be in interviews. They seem to get along really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on, um, they are applying for colleges, and we get this. A little bit of a, mo- I believe this is the next thing that happens. If and and if I ever skip over something, feel free to stop me in my tracks and, and bring something up. But you get this little montage of they're applying to colleges, they're getting in the the letters, and it's a good way of showing that time is passing mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. And yeah. and they're getting in these letters, though. I, okay, am I maybe now? I never applied to like MIT, but I don't remember like sending in letters to try to get into college before I'd even like barely started my senior year. But maybe that's like, you know, it's a big college that matters. And it's like, if you're, your senior year is not going to affect it. If you're getting into MIT, you're getting into MIT or not. Like mm-hmm. if you're not good enough now, having a senior year is not going to suddenly make it to where you have good enough grades. I guess that's the point. I don't know. I'm not going to dwell on it. Um, they're good. They have this little montage. They keep getting rejected keep getting rejected and i'm starting to think like peter's getting rejected from all these schools he's really smart why is he getting rejected and my dummy brain didn't put together <laughs> oh wait it's a spider-man i'm just like that's weird mm-hmm. all <laughs> right the, course, the three the fun. three yeah three smart kids from this you know smart kids school smart kids school can't get into a college mm-hmm. yeah any college is not even their first choice like so after the montage, they all get their letter from MIT. They go and they meet at this donut shop that MJ is working at. And that was some really funny scenes there. MJ dealing with a crappy boss, which is, you know, kind of harkens back to uh, maybe think of in the in the Raimi trilogy. There's that scene where MJ's out talking to Peter and her boss from the diner screams at her, mm-hmm. like really like really hard New York screaming, and she turns around and screams back at him, like mm-hmm. great moment. And they all open their letter, and they've all been rejected. I thought they were going to do the trope where, like, they've all been rejected except for Ned or something like that. But no, they all flat out reject. And then it all kind of clicks together. Because mm-hmm. one of them, like, reads it out loud, I think, and it's like, do the recent controversy. Stuff. It all clicks together. Oh, they're not in because they're friends with Peter. Mm-hmm. And it's controversial. Which, man, that sucks. Yeah. And, and it sucks even more because both Ned and MJ 
love and support Peter so much that they're okay with him. Yeah. They did not cry and complain and, like, ask Peter to try to make it right. They were okay. Well, they also it. didn't go on a on a on a on a crusade to distance themselves from yeah from Peter Parker, and they didn't blame right. him because it would be easy to be like you and your idiot vigil- vigilanteism straight up ruined my life. Thanks for that. And typically, most movies involving teenagers, somebody's pulling out that shit because we got to show how right. dumb teenagers are. Well. Exactly my point. They avoided those tropes really well, they, which they I did. really appreciate. They really did. And poor Flash and just wants just to hang out with his all hero. the better because it's like good friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> poor Flash. The Flash then, point. Yeah, yeah, Flash Flash just wants, yeah, Flash just wants to hang out with his with his hero. I think I just called him The Flash. It's the Flash. Flash. Well, it's uh, fair because they made a DC reference in this yeah, movie. Flashpoint. Yeah, which, He's you know. Which is two two Marvel movies in a row with with uh, DC references. I know it's pretty funny, and it just blew my mind because I was like, "That's so smart." Yeah, because Flashpoint's a story about multiverses. You got this guy Flash, and he had and he wrote an autobiography called Flashpoint. <laughs> it's great, and I was seeing it with like you know I saw it with like ten people, but there's one other person I was seeing it with who also like knows something about DC. And he was sitting like four people down, but we still looked at each other when that happened. <laughs> so that was really funny. Um, but he comes in, he's like, hey guys, come to the MIT mixer. And they're like, no, we didn't get in because we're actually friends of Spider-Man. And and that was really funny. Yeah. Flash's like, oh man, I'm sorry. And, and yeah, I just love that like Flash, you find out Peter Spider-Man tonight is trying to be Spider-Man's best friend. Uh-huh. That's great. Um, so... After this, I believe this is when he goes to see Doctor Strange. Right. His thought process is Doctor Strange can go back in time and put it all back together. Right. Right. So he goes to see Doctor Strange. It's snowing. It's kind of weird. Like just for an offhanded joke. But this is one of those weird. This is this is where the nitpicking comes because it's one of those weird things where I'm like, I asked myself, why was that in the movie? I don't understand what narrative purpose it served other than a throwaway line joke about he opened a, he accidentally opened a portal to somewhere that was snowing, but then couldn't cast a spell to clean up the snow. Well, no, it was the, uh, he didn't cast the spell. It was the, the portals in the, uh, remember one of those rooms has the portals to these other places in the world. One of the, 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 the storm blew the portal open. Oh, okay, which is that powerful of a storm. Right. Okay. Uh, which makes me wonder if the storm like, is going to be referenced later. Story. Yeah. Like, is it, that's the sort of thing that it doesn't... Because it does seem a bit of a throwaway thing, so I'm wondering if it's going to be referenced later, if we're going to see something to do with that later. That the storm was powerful enough to blow the portal open? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could. And what I Wong mean, is dealing, you know, what Wong is doing. And I yeah, think what's the, Wong up to? Right? One of my favorite things is, like, Stephen Strange, like, frantically trying to clean up this mess before Wong gets back and finds out because he just doesn't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's I'm his motivation. Wrong. He's got to clean this up mm-hmm. before Wong gets back and finds out. Yeah. I yeah, am a big out. fan of Wong, of the character. I am not totally sure. 
Yeah, I'm not totally sure how I feel about him being Sorcerer Supreme. But it kind of makes sense when they mention, like, yeah, he got it on a technicality. Right. He's gone for five years. Someone had to do it, and he's not just going to give it up. I thought that was really, really funny. And worked. Personally. Yeah. No, um, I mean, it, it's fine. I just... You know, going into Doctor Strange's movie, this big movie, and he's not the Sorcerer Supreme. It's kind of like the next right. Thor movie where Thor is not going to be Thor. I'm like, I'm just not sure how I feel about this trend. You know, that's a good point, but I guess we'll just have to see how that how that plays out. Yeah. In Doctor Strange. Yeah. Multiverse. Man. Um, but yeah, so... There's a lot of stuff in every single scene that I could dwell on, so I'm going to try to like speed up a little bit, but stop me if there's something in the scene you want to talk about that I'm not yeah. talking about. So, uh, he asked Dr. Strange if he can go back in time to, you know, fix it, but he's like, I don't have the time stone, but I could cast this spell once I don't cast the spell. But actually, they changed the line from the trailer. The line was, don't cast the spell, Strange, but in this movie, in this I don't want any part of this, and he gets in the portal and walks away. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder what's up with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, they go down to the basement, they do the spell, and Peter is like, okay, yeah, 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 get everyone to forget that, that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Okay, yeah. And then Dr. Strange starts casting the spell. And Peter's like, Wait, hold on, MJ. I mean, I want MJ to know, and Aunt May, and then and then Ned, and oh, this is guy happy, and it's Harold Hogan, and it's and and, and it just and, and the whole time, Doctor Strange is like, stop talking, right? Stop talking, and then stop and then Peter and then shut up, yeah. And it just all falls apart, and it starts to break. And the best that Doctor Strange can do is contain the spell. He can't stop it, but he can contain it, and mm-hmm. that's what that box is. And a lot of people that I talked to afterwards, they were like, why did Peter do that? Why did what, what was up with that scene? But I totally bought it because I have totally been in Dr. Strange's position where I'm doing something that needs concentration and I'm telling somebody to be quiet and they don't think that I'm serious. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure y'all been in that situation. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm yes. being serious. I know that it's a thing where like, people say be quiet, but they don't really need you to be quiet. But this time I seriously do need you to be quiet. Yep. You need to stop talking now. I yep. don't care what you think is important to say. Do not say it. But Peter does it. And I've, I've totally been in that position when it's happening. Peter did not have this planned out. He did, he came into this thinking there was going to do time travel. So this right. Was like throwing on him. He didn't have time to think it through. There's a lot going on. Right. And I also um, don't think Peter realizes he's actually influencing the spell. Right. Right. As he's speaking. Uh, right. I don't think he knows what's really going on. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Strange contains it and he says, okay, look, I get it. I mean, you got rejected and I mean, then you called him back and, and, and they didn't accept your plea. <laughs> Peter's like, you could call, I can call them. <laughs> <laughs> that was so just good, epic. Cause I, would, I would totally be me. Peter's very relatable. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got rejected. And instead of thinking to call them, your first thought was to come to me and ask me to change the universe. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's this great little ongoing thing where at first he calls Dr. Strange, sir. He's like, don't call me, sir. He's like, Steven. And he's like, eh, you know, I'll allow it. And then after that happens, 
he's like, Stephen, I'm sorry. And he's like, call me sir. Right. <laughs> that was actually, like, on one hand, it's, like, funny. But on the other hand, it's like, aw. Mm-hmm. Aw. Yeah. You know, that's kind of sad. Yeah. But it was great. But also so, totally believable. Totally believable. Now, speaking so, of Doctor Strange, I think that they avoided what a lot of people were concerned about, that this was going to become a, a Doctor Strange movie with Spider-Man in it. Right. Um, yeah, and Doctor Strange definitely plays a role, but I think they avoided making this not a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because really, he he kind of, he does his thing, and then we don't really see, then he gets locked in the mirror universe, and we don't see him again for a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I have some thoughts, I have some thoughts about that when we get there, but I'm going to cut, I'm going to start cutting to the next big thing, Um, and then, and then we can fill it in between. So, he goes, he he calls Flash, he gets to find this um, lady from MIT, He's in the Iron Spider suit because in a montage we saw that his Far From Home suit got his black suit got some goo on it or whatever, and you can't wash it out. So he's in his Iron Spider suit, and he he lands and he's wearing a suit underneath, and it is disheveled. It it look he looks horrible. Yeah, but that's great. And he smiles and he finds her car and he's like, "Hello, I'm Peter Parker." It's really, really funny. Um, she's like, what the hell? He's trying to get his friends. And actually, he doesn't even say, consider me. He says, please reconsider um, Mar- MJ and Ned. Yep. Which was really, really great moment. I-, I love Peter in this movie. And then, of course, we get the big scene that we all knew was coming. Doc Ock shows up. <laughs> yes, he does. Hello, Peter. They have a really, really cool fight scene where Peter is getting his, he's getting the crap kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. But then, then the Doc Ock arms get a little too close to Nanotech. Nanotech goes into the Doc Ock arms. And now Peter has control of him, and that's how he defeats Doc Ock, which I thought was actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he manages to send the IT lady, the MIT lady, MIT lady says, hey, We'll reconsider, but then um, Doc Ock. It right, and then Green Goblin shows up, and he's fine. And right before Green Goblin attacks, Peter and Doc Ock are teleported to um, to Doctor Strange's uh, house. Right. And Doctor Strange explains what is going on, which is that during the spell. Crap happened, and people who know who Peter Parker is from the multiverse are coming in to our world. He's already captured the lizard off screen, which I thought was kind of funny. Like we don't need to see that. Yeah, which is in the story. He captured the lizard. Now he's captured captured Doc Ock. So he gets this little thing, and it's like just you know shoot him, and they'll come back here. He's like. Okay, well, I need my crew. He gets MJ, he gets Ned. That's when you get the funny. You can take the man out the chair, but you can't do the chair out of the man. <laughs> right. right. Bless and, him. And they get to work just trying to track down these these uh, people that have come from the multiverse. 
And this is where we get one of my biggest nitpicks in the this is my biggest nitpick in the entire movie. What happens next? Peter turns his suit inside out because there's green goo on it. Right. And he gets this black and gold suit that has like wires and stuff, which maybe it's like like so he's when he's wearing that, and it's like these wires rubbing against his skin. What? That's weird. But he's he turned his suit inside out and he goes after Electro. And that just pisses me off so much because it is so contrived, the green goo thing, and it is purely only to do one thing to sell more Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. And Fortnite. Where now you get the black and gold suit. It's just his suit turned inside out. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. know what y'all thought about that, but I just hated it. With the so fact. I didn't realize that that's what it was because I couldn't figure out where the black and gold came from. Yeah, it I thought it was supposed suit. to be like green, and it was like I, I couldn't figure it out. Okay. Yeah, no, it's definitely his other suit inside out. Perfect. Because at this point, the the other the the nanotech suit is compromised. Right. Yeah, because it's got a hole in it. Because half of his nanotech is in Doc Ock's yeah. tentacles. Which, which, I mean, that whole thing, that whole scene with the nanotech and the the fighting was was pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. It was brilliant, and I know I'm rushing through it. So, like, stop me, and we can talk about. Whatever. Oh no, no. I mean, you know, we're already forty five minutes in here. If we uh, if we go through every scene, <laughs> it'll be as long as the movie. Right. I did yeah, I so. That black and gold suit. I really appreciated that. Um, they kept the conversation in universe though because in there is no nanotech right in the Raimi spider-man right and but they so, actually discuss it right that's what movies. i'm saying he but he says this is this is theoretically possible but i you know i've never seen it you've outdone yourself but Parker. he but he knows what it is instantly so i thought that was really um well done that they they kept that continuity uh, the, so the, well. The lines that they pulled in, the story points that they pulled in from both other Spider-Man series, mm -hmm. they did a wonderful job with. Yeah, I thought they really they, did. Yeah, they, they, they all the references and callbacks are great. So he goes, he finds Electro. Electro looks all different and new now. And also, Sandman shows up, and it is obvious that Thomas Hayden Church did not want to be on set because. Sandman as just like this vaguely shaped man made out of sand for the entire <laughs> movie. Mm -hmm. And I guess he's just doing the voiceover. But it was cool when Sandman shows up and was like, hey, Peter, it's me. Because, you know, they're continuing the continuity at the end yep. of at the end of, of Spider-Man 3. They're, mm -hmm. they're, good. they're on friendly terms. They're good. He was like, hey, Peter, what's up? And he helps Peter defeat Electro, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. And then Sandman gets kind of confused, and then just, he sends Sandman to the uh, to the uh, cell also. Oh, wait, that I, before I forget, he accidentally launches a tree into the cell, which is really, really funny. <laughs> Especially when Ned's like, is some kind of like tree monster? <laughs> right? No, man, it's know. just a tree. Yeah. So... Um, and then he and they destroyed the field. So I like that he spent like in a whole night trying to put the electric the electric 
powers back up with his webs. That was kind of funny. So subtle. No one's ever going to know what happened here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, So he goes back and they have now captured these people. They're looking for more and they get this like fun conversation where they're all kind of talking to each other. And, and yeah, the dialogue between the characters from the other universes are really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, like whenever Electro sees the lizard, he talks about how he's like, yeah, I remember a couple years ago, trying to turn everybody into lizards. That was crazy. Like <laughs> really great stuff. Yeah. And then he gets a call from Aunt May that basically the green goblin is, has, is gone to feast because, and we saw there's like, the feast promotional art is with Spider-Man. So he saw that and mm-hmm. went there because there's a really great scene in the alley actually before that, where he like leaves his mask behind mm-hmm. and covers up his stuff and puts on like a homeless man outfit and walks away, which is very reminiscent of the scene from Spider-Man two where Peter leaves his Spider-Man suit in the trash. Can. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. And he's at feast and basically Aunt May tells him, Hey, he just needs help. Right. And maybe we should help him. And Peter's like, no, let's just send him home. And she's like, no. Okay. Is that the right thing to do? Or is it the easy thing? Right. So he just takes Peter I mean, he takes Norman, doesn't use the magic thing on him. He just takes Norman back to the Sanctum Santorum. They walk in, and um, Norman Osborn is seen by Doc Ock, which was super cool when Doc Ock saw him. And actually, it was back on the bridge. He saw him for the first time. He was like, Osborn? And then they got teleported. But now he sees Norman, and he's like, Norman? Because they know each Of course they would know each other. They're both right. these big scientists and stuff. Yeah. He's like, you died... And this is when they kind of figure out, oh, everybody here, like except for Sandman, died in their universe. Didn't Sandman and die too? Them no. Back, no. 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 Sandman's Peter forgives Sandman, and he just kind of blows away. Okay. But he has really good motivation still because his motivation is actually, oh, go ahead and press the button. I don't care if these guys die. I just want to get back home to my daughter. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, okay, well, he's not going to press the button, so I guess I'll go along with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone's motivation worked out pretty well. But yeah, they realize they all died. So then it becomes the conflict. Doctor Strange has now figured out a way to send everybody home. But now Peter doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to send all these people back to their death. Mm-hmm. Which I think is very Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. So he's like, no, just give us a second. We got to fix. Give me a minute. We can figure it out. And then we get the cool Dr. Strange Spider-Man fight, which was a really, really cool fight. Mm-hmm. I love when he put, when he um, forces Peter out of his body, like the astral projection projection. And then when Doc, Dr. Strange tries to get the, uh, get the box, Spider-Man spider sense is keeping Dr. Strange from being able to take it. Mm-hmm. And he's swimming back into his body. That was great. Right. That was really great. And I love how Dr. Strange said, this is impossible. Your body shouldn't be able to move. But it's the spider scent. Yep. That was great. Or Sorry, sorry. Peter King. <laughs> um, so that was great. We got a really cool fight going through the mirror universe and stuff. He, and, and Spider-Man uses his knowledge and just his wits and his, and his, his science knowledge mm-hmm. to defeat Dr. Strange. 
And he right. leaves him trapped and takes his sling ring. So what do you guys think of that scene? It was a really cool fight scene. I mean, you know, Doctor Strange fight scenes are always a little mind-bending. And it was it was really interesting to see... Uh, Spider-Man's a really different character than we've seen in one of those scenes before, right? Everybody else always tries and fights him back with magic. But he uh, he starts looking at it and goes, wait a second, this is geometry. You're good at geometry. Mm -hmm. um, which I feel, again, is a very Peter Parker thing to do because he's smart. That's one of his defining characteristics is he's really, mm -hmm. really smart. Um, yeah. And so it's always it's always fun to to see that because that's that's one of those aspects they don't always play up yeah peter definitely shows off his smarts in, the, in this movie which mm -hmm. brings me to the next big scene uh they're back at happy's apartment they're going to use the stark to try to help everybody mm -hmm. and this is this great line where a lot of people in my theater cheered i don't know about y'all but norman goes i can i can help you peter you know i'm something of a scientist myself yeah which is a line from the Raimi trilogy right. that has been made into a meme. <laughs> so there are people in my, not as loud as like, you know, Matt Murdock cheers, but like there are people who were cheering when he said that. Mm -hmm. So that was great. They get to work. They come up with pretty much solutions to help everybody, to cure them all of their powers and, and their problems with the thought that when they send them back, maybe their fate will be different. Mm -hmm. They cure Doc Ock first off and, and I thought, like, oh, man, is this going to work? No, it worked. Doc Ock is cured. He is back to being a good guy at mm -hmm. that point, which is super cool. And then he gives his nanotech back to Peter, which just creates another Funko Pop. Right. The integrated suit or whatever. That's another thing that bothered me. I'm like, it's not necessary. I mean, it looks kind of cool. I kind of like the look of it, but it's like, it's just another freaking Funko Pop. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, they're working, and... Peter just gets this, this, this crazy spider that's going on. There's a lot of tension building up. Electro's like, you know, he's, he's not really feeling it. And, and there's a lot of tension building up and he's trying to figure out what the spider sense is coming from. Cause there's so much going on and he realizes, Oh crap, Norman's gone. It's the green goblin. Yeah. And just on a, on a whim, just with the snap of a finger, um, Willem Dafoe, who acts the hell out of this movie, he really does. Switches from Norman to Green Goblin mm -hmm. and instantly becomes super menace. And it was awesome. And it's like, and it, it was a really big, like, oh crap mm -hmm. moment. And all hell breaks loose. J. John Jameson, by the way, he, he was following, he had a guy following him. He follows like the Happy's apartment. He's called the SWAT. And, and, and He's making things worse. Freaking the lizard breaks out of the van because the lizard wanted to stay in the van. Also, Happy's on his way because Happy's like, hey, I saw all these people. One of those made out of mud. What's going on? Um, <laughs> it, all hell's breaking loose. Sitting on my sofa. Doc Ock gets pushed out the building. Yeah. Electro leaves. Sandman leaves. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and we get a really epic, hardcore fight between... Green Goblin and Spider-Man mm -hmm. where they just absolutely wreck the whole building yeah. because Green Goblin, if he, and, and some of my friends had forgotten this. It's not the suit that gives him power, which even he is wearing the suit still just under those clothes. It's he, ha, he took the Oz formula. He has super strength. Mm 
and, and agility right. and stuff. And they just have a knockdown, all-out brawl of a fight. They're doing straight-up WWE moves on each other. It was freaking awesome. Like, he's power-bombing him and stuff. It was crazy. Yeah, no, and, the fights were, were amazing. And like you said, Willem Dafoe, amazing. man. That has a lot to do with this movie. He, sorry, what, Willem Dafoe just absolutely brought it. It was yeah. incredible. And he did all the stunts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who yeah, does that in their 60s? What? I said, who does that in their 60s? That's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. So, and Anime has a lot to do in this movie, and she grabs the thing they've been working on to cure Norman mm-hmm. and she takes it with what she takes it and Spider-Man and Green Goblin are fighting. They end up at the bottom floor. Aunt May shows up. She tries to defend Peter and then she hits him with the, uh, with the cure. It doesn't work either. They just hadn't finished it or the whole time Norman had no intention of actually making the cure mm-hmm. and the Green Goblin had been in control for longer than we realized. Not sure what was going on there, but either way, it doesn't work. And long story short, a goblin bomb goes off, and I gasped. I thought, I thought at that moment, Aunt May's dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then she stands up, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, awesome. Crisis averted. Yeah. Right. Cool. Great. She finds Peter. They're about to walk out, and then she falls over. I'm like, oh no. My jaw was on the floor the whole scene. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Oh, and right before she falls over, though, she does give the immortal line to Peter, which I also I got cheers in the theater from this one. I don't know about y'all, but this was another cheering moment. She said with great power. She said the actual comic accurate line, which is not with great power comes great responsibility. It's like when you have great power, you also have great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But she says the actual comic accurate one. And then she falls over and she is dying. And Peter is just desperately trying to get her to hang on. Um, But it is too late. And Green Goblin has killed Ant-Man. I can't believe they did that. Yeah, I did not expect it at all. But holy crap. And it was a heartbreaking scene. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the crazy thing is like, you know, we've always talked about and one of the things that people just in general have complained about about the first three Spider-Man movies for the most part is we never got the we never got to see the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And it's almost yeah. like his origin story, like the origin story that the other two Spider-Man we've had in movies had. Like, this was the origin story. Yeah. Yeah, it's only that it took three movies to tell his origin. But they told it in a, in a different and unique way. I mean, we had a big story with him, but then we see, you know, and I don't want to skip too far ahead on you, but, you know, so we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that at the end. But we, you know, we see the way this plays out in this movie, and, you know, we, we kind of leave him at the beginning mm-hmm. of, of something brand new. Yeah, and and Aunt May had to go to get that to happen, I guess, and it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So next, um, 
MJ and Ned are waiting around for Peter. They haven't heard from him. And they're kind of freaking out. And Ned makes a motion that opens up a bit of a portal. And they had, they had an offhand comment where Ned's like, you know, my granny's always said that there was magic in my blood. Which right. he thinks a joke, right? Right. No, Ned is able to open portals. And he's like, okay, I need to find Peter Parker. And he mm-hmm. opens a portal. And you see the Spider-Man eyes. And, and eagle-eyed viewers and people who know, like you said earlier, you see that and you go, that's not Tom Holland. Those eyes, I know those eyes. That's Andrew Garfield eyes. And in comes Andrew Garfield through the portal in the Spider-Man costume. The crowd goes wild. I'm sure y'all had cheers. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. yeah. for sure. Huge cheers. Andrew Garfield is here. They have a really funny scene where he has to prove he's Spider-Man by crawling around. Andrew Garfield is fantastic. <laughs> he can crawl movie. on the ceiling. <laughs> no. Crawl on the ceiling. No, this is good That's enough. Good. I'm hanging. Spider-Web. Yeah, that was great. But yeah, the, the, yeah, the grandma the grandma was, like, pitch perfect. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was it was... Andrew Garfield was great in this movie. He was, he was so funny. Ev- everybody brought their air game in this movie. I mean, even yeah. like even Jamie Foxx was Electro. I mean, Jamie Foxx is a very talented actor. Electro in that Spider-Man movie was atrocious, yeah. right? Um, and it was largely it, part of it was due to the way he played the character. Like it just nothing about that worked in that movie, but. He really yeah. brought his A game to this one. I just feel like all around, everybody really brought it for this movie. Mm-hmm. They really did. And then he's like, "Okay, open the other portal." He opens up the portal, and then it's Tobey Maguire comes through. Crowd goes wild once again. Mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are back. They have a little standoff where they kind of like shoot webs each other, but then they smile and they realize what's going on and. The Spider-Men are back. Mm-hmm. It's true. It happened. My mind was blown. I was overjoyed. I was watching it with my sister sitting next to me, and she doesn't know anything about what's going on, right? So she's been asking me questions throughout the movie, like, wait, so what? And I didn't mind that at all. But when this was happening, Tobey Maguire's on screen. She starts to whisper to me, and I said, and I, 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 I this is actually really rude, and I apologize later, but I said, do not talk to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest thing that has ever happened to me is happening. I'm seeing I because you know I had seen I, I was old enough to like see uh, Spider-Man three in theaters and remember it. Okay, but the first two Spider-Man, not really. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure I did, but I don't have any memory of that. So for me, this is like holy crap! My childhood hero I'm finally seeing on screen. It's the equivalent of when I got to see Star Wars on screen for the first time yep. in a movie theater. Yep. Same thing with this. My childhood hero is back, and and literally my life has been shaped by those Raimi Spider-Man movies. Like, like my moral compass has been guided by those movies. Mm-hmm. And so seeing Tobey Maguire back on screen was absolutely cathartic. Absolutely. I know. I was, I was, I was telling my kids, I was like, you, you guys don't understand. Like, when I was a teenager, he was Spider-Man. Like, you know, in the same way, like, you look at it at, and, and say, oh, he's Captain America or he's Iron Man. Like, when I was young, Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man. He wasn't, like, a Spider-Man. Like, he, 
you know, it was the Spider-Man. He 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 was the Spider-Man and those movies were such cultural touchstones um for for my generation. You know, seeing him back on screen it's like you just like you don't understand like what this means to people who are old enough to have seen him as Spider-Man the first go round, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so it was incredible. And they're like, okay, we need to find Peter. Where would he go? They start talking about how like they have their own places they would go, which is really nice scene. And then they find him on top of the school and the three Spider-Men meet for the first time. And there's a great scene where they tell Peter, like, no, we do know what you're going through because our uncle, my uncle Ben died. Yeah. And then Peter starts to say, I love this moment. Peter says, she told me that with great power. And then Toby finishes it and goes, comes great responsibility. And then that's when Tom Holland, Peter realize, okay, these guys do know what I'm going through. We are on the same team. Mm -hmm. They've been through it too. I'm not alone. And we can do this. Mm -hmm. Oh, and before that, there was a great scene where like just Ned and MJ hug him. and, And you see Peter sitting there like, Tom Holland acted the hell out of the scene. He looks yeah. devastated. And there's a it was great, the uh, the hug between Ned and Peter and MJ. Um yeah, it was really, really, really awesome scene. What do you guys think about seeing the three Spider-Men meet for the first time? I mean, it was it was a little hard because like, you know, there's all that high. It's like, oh look, it's you know, oh look, it's Toby McGuire, oh look, it's Andrew Garfield. And then you get back on that roof and you're like, oh shit, Aunt May just died. Yeah. Like it yeah. really they they really did some interesting things to their audience emotionally there. Because man, it's like the highest point of the movie and, and the most devastating point of, of the entire Spider-Man saga. Are like happening right there together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like the way they they played all of that, and it, it's fitting to have them introduced right after he loses Aunt May. Yeah, uh, in you know, in a similar way to how he lo- they lost their uncle their, ben. their uncle Ben. Yeah, uh, you know, so so you bring them in, you bring them in, you bring in these two characters that fully understand what he is experiencing. Exactly. Um, yeah. I would back up for just a second, though, and say that my one nitpick, or it's it's not a plot hole, it's just a interesting choice kind of thing, is Ned opens the portal once, we get a Spider-Man. He opens the portal again, we get a Spider-Man. Why did we give up on that method of finding people? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. And, and I know because they wanted to have that scene on the rooftop, which was, which was great. Um, and and yeah. it goes to a spot that that's that's important. It means. Did they not open the a portal to the rooftop? That may be ha- maybe they maybe the maybe they the did. Rooftop? Maybe they opened the portal and went through it them, their own selves. Or or maybe I don't know. Toby grabbed MJ and Andrew grabbed Ned and they went swinging. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think about that. That is possible that that is exactly what happened. Is that they, uh, that they, knows, they did, that maybe they did open the third portal. and Just off screen. Um, I assume they swung 
that's just how this is what I guess, but I really don't know. Um, but then, okay, so in this scene, a lot of people are saying like, oh, so they're implying that Uncle Ben never existed for Tom Holland Spider Man. Yeah, I interpreted it as no, Uncle Ben did exist, and he died because we had that what if episode where he mentions Uncle Ben. Uh huh. Uncle Ben existed. Uncle Ben died. Just it wasn't Peter's fault that Uncle Ben died. Right. And Uncle Ben never said the great power comes great responsibility. Right. Right. But he still had Uncle Ben. Right. He just wasn't the suitcase. same. He had Uncle Ben's suitcase in Far From Home. Yeah. With his initials on it. Like Uncle Ben still exists. It's yeah. just he maybe he died from like a heart attack or cancer or something, and it wasn't necessarily Peter's fault. And so all of that didn't really happen the same way. And then people are right. saying like, well, if Uncle Ben never died in Silver Power because he had responsibility, then why has Peter been Spider-Man this whole time? Because um, maybe he's, he's not an asshole. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Um, well, and he was a very started, different, he was a much more lighthearted, you know, he was just kind of, you know, it was like a kid, like, I, I found this cool thing that I can do. I should probably do something useful with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, after Uncle Ben's gone, and even in the other iterations, Aunt May is in a lot of ways his moral compass. And so, you know, she's still very much that person um, who's, mm-hmm. you know, he he's lived with her for a long time. You get the impression. And so she clearly has a strong moral compass going. And so, you know, that sort of... In- Thing influences young people mm-hmm. you know who who they're raised by and 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 what they believe and how they treat people so i mean it makes sense i think it does and so they just know they're going to help everybody like no we are going to help them because of great power great responsibility and they get to work in the science lab and this seems amazing for how long it went on and the dialogue between the three spider-men <laughs> and Ned and mj yeah some great moments we have um andrew garfield talking actually on the roof he mentioned how he lost his gwen stacy and how he went down a really really dark path and we get the implication that like this spider-man might have started killing people all he said was i stopped pulling my punches right he doesn't say i started killing people but he's it, it might just be he got more brutal yeah doesn't necessarily mean he was killing people but if that is what it means Okay, I can be okay with that. That is just the interpretation it went down. And it's saying that it's a really dark path. But I think it just more meant that he got really brutal. And it also talks about how he doesn't have time to be Peter Parker anymore. He's Spider-Man pretty much all the time. Right. And he's just beating, like, this is how he lives his life now, beating people up, being Spider-Man. While Toby talks about how, like, him and MJ kind of made it work eventually. Yeah. And it was tough, but they did. And and Toby, you know, he's not wearing his suit out. I mean, he has it under under his clothes. It's an interesting choice that Andrew was wearing his suit, which means when he got teleported to this universe, he was wearing it, and Toby wasn't. And and they talk about how Peter uh, Andrew is always Spider Man, so it makes sense, right? That he was wearing it, and Toby kind of has a, a more balanced life. And he wasn't Spider-Man all the time, so like he was just wearing clothes. As they right. say later, he's dressed like a cool youth pastor, <laughs> which was yeah. really funny. Andrew Garfield is so freaking good in this movie. He's so funny and everything. Yes. 
but they have some great banter where they just talk about their lives afterwards, and it kind of works as a spiritual sequel to their movies where you kind of figure out what was going especially a movie. Yeah. You kind of find out like how things went and it's really, really nice. Yeah. Um, and it's really cathartic, I think, for Toby to actually, he's able to work on a cure for the Green Goblin. He mentions like, I'll mm-hmm. get started on that. I've thought about it a lot mm-hmm. ever since he died. Yeah. Like Toby wishes he could have saved him. Right. And and I think that's really really great moment. Um, you got Andrew working on the here for the lizard, and Tom working on on the other stuff. And there's just some really really funny dialogue scenes. Is there, is there any that I'm uh, not not thinking about some some funny dialogue that y'all want to bring up? No, I mean it was just the whole the whole thing was just fun. You know, like Peter, no Peter Parker. You know, like just kind <laughs> right. of like the just weirdness of there being three of the same person and and i feel like they kind of they played it up just enough that it was funny and then they kind of dropped it because it was like mm-hmm. you know they, they didn't just sort of keep those kind of gags can get old if, if they drag on too long and i thought they kind of hit a sweet spot there with that yeah they 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 did a good job with that but i, I love the the interacting between them and and seeing all three of them kind of nerd out together mm-hmm. doing their science projects yep and and I did love Toby saying I I think I can do that because I've been thinking you know I've been thinking about it for a long time because he is a good person and like seeing his his best friend's dad die was traumatic for him and and that's that's what you do with traumatic situations is you play the movie in your head and you think of all the ways you could have done it differently yeah you know and yeah, that's and a, there's actually a line where he's like i think like i think it's ned asking like so did you have a best friend and he's like yeah he died in my arms yeah it's really heartbreaking yeah yeah that, that sucks yeah and then actually that leads to a funny line where like ned's like i promise i will never become a super villain and i'll never try to kill you <laughs> and just like gives him a wink and a thumbs up yeah <laughs> awesome um yeah it's a great scene and then next uh we see you know peterson and a, a news thing Anderson, like hey guys i'm gonna be at the statue of liberty with now with the with the, the cap shield which is a really cool visual come and get me because yep. he needs to lure them all there uh with the box to um Get them to come there. Everybody wants the box. Uh, mm-hmm. Electro, everyone has a motivation. Electro wants to destroy it because he wants to just live in the MCU now. Uh, Sandman wants it so he can go back to his daughter. Um, and then everybody else, it's, again, they want to destroy it so that way they can um, don't have to even go back to their right. universes. They can stay here and be evil just in the MCU. Just, and they know that I, at any moment Peter can press the button Right. And send them back. Right. Um, and they have a really good, solid plan. And so now they're just on the statue of Liberty waiting. And now we get even more banter, but this time between the Spider-Men. Uh-huh. Um, everybody's in their suit. Really awesome to see that Toby Maguire suit again. Love that suit. And there's some really funny banter. They, I love, like, the, so what is the strangest villains you guys fall that was great. He talks about how he's been to space, and Andrew's like, "Wait, you fought an alien in space?" And then like, Toby's like, "You know, I fought an alien made of goo," and Andrew's like, "I want to fight an alien." 
I would love the conversation about the web shooters and the fact that yes. Toby Maguire produces it from his yes. own body. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, so like, do you want to talk? Like, how does it happen? He's like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because uh, Tom Holland Spider Man's like. Does it come out of anywhere else? Right. <laughs> like, okay. End of conversation. <laughs> and I love yeah. and because they're they're Great. grossed out by it. Right. And I love there's a shot <laughs> yeah. in the big fight at the end where one of them, uh, where I think Tom Holland Spider Man gets hit in the face with some of Tobey Maguire's webbing. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, gross, as he rips it off his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is pretty gross, to be honest. Um, <laughs> You really think about it for too long, but yeah, some great banter between them. Um, and then there's like later where like they establish who's fighting one and two and three, <laughs> right? And, and Andrew's like Andrew's kind of upset that he's that he's fighting three, right? And and then and you know the bad guys get there, they start fighting. It's not going well, and they they point out that like Toby and Andrew have never worked in a team. Yeah, they've always just been the only superheroes in their world. And Tom is the one who actually has been a part of the Avengers. And he's like, I've been a part of the Avengers. And they're like, that's great. What is that? <laughs> right. They don't know. It's right. From the end of the universe. And he's like, are, are you in a band? <laughs> you're um, in a ba- I always wanted to be in a band. <laughs> God, Andrew's so good in this movie. He I mean, really Toby, is. Toby is great. Toby plays Toby McGuire Spider-Man. But Andrew is just like on another level, I think. Yeah, and he was always fun as Spider-Man. Like I always really enjoyed Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, just for kind of the fun factor. Uh, There, you know, there were issues with those movies, but it wasn't him, in my opinion. And so they 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 figure things out, and this is a really really long battle that happens, and there's a lot going on, and we get some great shots with the three Spider Men swinging together. Yep. Them and and everyone was 100 right that big shot in the trailer where you could see that they were CGI'd out of it. Mm-hmm. Yep, they yep. were. Now they're back in, and there's some really cool set pieces and and little moments between all of them. Um, I love the moments. I love the moments with. Toby's Spider-Man, wherever he like interacts with the Green Goblin or Sandman, mm-hmm. and the Danny Elfman theme plays. Yep, mm-hmm. I think that 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 was incredible, I, and for I, a moment it felt like I was watching a Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I love that they worked the Danny Elfman score in here. Mm-hmm. Me too. I I loved it. I listened to it on the way home from the theater. Um, yeah, really, really cool, big epic fight that went on for a while and then Ned and MJ get wrapped up into it and it's like crazy because they're, they're all trying to protect them. Really just great moment. What were some of the highlights of, of the fight for you guys? Um, I mean, I love, I, I just love seeing all three of them in action together. In fact, there, there's one scene where they kind of are all swinging together after they kind of get organized um mm-hmm. where they're coming you know swinging around the statue of liberty all together and the, you know the moon in the background and it's like mm-hmm. surely that's going to be on a poster because you know i, I need it, it for the, yeah. the background back here um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the fighting is all 
all really, really great. Um, I love kind of the, the brutality of, of the goblin in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I like that Sandman's kind of a wild card, mostly because he just can't trust anybody. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, the scene where Toby starts getting like swallowed by sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Um, yeah, just great. It's such well, a big character. It's, it's such a big fight scene. And everybody is um, so consistent, you know, with their, with their iterations from previous movies. It, it's really believable. You know, like you were saying, Sandman is, you know, he's he's kind of a wild card. You know, everybody's going. And, and Electro, he's like, he's after the power, you know. I mean, Electro mm-hmm. has realized, like, I can either let them take away my power or I can be a god. Mm-hmm. You know, once yeah. he gets hold of the, uh, the uh, arc oh, reactor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was great. And there's some great character moments. And, um through some chicanery and trying to open portals, Doctor Strange re-enters the fray here <laughs> and all hell starts to break loose whenever um, Green Goblin gets a bomb lodged in the box. Right. And it explodes and it just sets the spell loose. And the multiverse starts to collapse on itself as mm-hmm. they're all coming through. Right. And some crazy stuff starts happening. This is when around when we get the moment of MJ starts to fall. Pop goes to get her, but he gets pushed away. So then Andrew has to save her. Mm-hmm. And this was a big fear. I get into more cheers because it's, it's it's very reminiscent and filmed a lot of the, very similarly. Some very similar to the scene where Gwen Stacy died in Spider-Man 2, but this time Andrew catches her and saves her. And he's crying. The crowd is cheering that he got to do that. Right. Really awesome moment. Um, around the same time, Doc, up, Doc Ock shows back up into the fray, and he helps the guy. You know, he's a full-on good guy now. Mm-hmm. And he sees Toby. And he just has this huge smile on his face, and he's like, he calls him like, Peter, my dear boy, mm-hmm. it's so good to see you. How have you been? And Toby says this great line. I just, I just, he, Toby plays perfectly Sam Raimi's, that Peter Parker. Yeah. Because I totally believe like everything he says, is, this is what he would say. He's like, trying to do better. Mm-hmm. I love that little line. That line is so great to me. I don't know why it stood out to me so much, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so some cool moments like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And everything is going crazy. Doctor Strange is trying to keep it all. He's trying to prevent people coming in through the multiverse. Everybody who knows who Peter Parker is. They're just all coming through. And while that's happening, um, Green Goblin and Tom... And, uh, and everybody else gets cured at this point, except for the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets cured. There's, the shield has fallen over. So now the shield, they're on top of the shield, on the water. Green Goblin's down. And Tom just beats the hell out of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. It was actually like hard to watch, only because I was like, oh, man. Because like, Tom... Tom Spider-Man, and I, I, I know I keep saying their names, but it's to differentiate them. Right. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. Spider-Man has been 
pretty lighthearted for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah, absolutely. And oh wait, one more thing I want to say because I just brought up the Tom thing. Um, it kind of bothered me that they kept taking their masks off, but I guess it's to it's so casual more casual audience members will know who's who because mm-hmm. to me i can see i can look at the eye and i'm like oh that's his that's andrew's suit that's toby's suit that's tom's suit easy right super no problem at all mm-hmm. but my friends i was talking to afterwards they were like i'm really glad they took the mask off a lot because i actually have found it really difficult to tell who was who mm-hmm. so i guess for them it, it was actually needed to take for them to take their masks off so much um but yeah tom it's just beating the hell out of Green Goblin. It's, and, and Willem Dafoe is acting so good because he's like laughing as Tom is doing it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Tom's going to try to kill him. Tom is going to kill him. Holy crap. And he picks up the Goblin glider. He goes to stab him. And Tobey Maguire jumps in, grabs it, blocks it. Great shot. Great scene. Mm-hmm. He's holding it back. And he just stares at Tom and just like it, no no dialogue but everything that needs to be said is said just through their, them like looking at each other mm-hmm. and Tom calms down and he puts the goblin glider to the side and then Toby gets stabbed through the back and I my jaw hit the floor I thought he was dead I, I did yeah, too I, I thought they killed I thought they killed Spider-Man yeah for uh, sure, I thought he was dead. Especially when and they I'm just killed Aunt May. He did die in the original cut, and then test audiences hated it, and so then they were... Yeah. I'm that, sorry, Marisha, were you saying something? I mean, they just killed Aunt May, so I was like, man, they're really committing to this whole killing people. And, yeah. you know, you may be exactly right. They He may have originally died in, you know... It, it, there was enough of an uproar. if he didn't originally die, then that stab serves no narrative purpose. Yeah. So I bet he died, and then test audiences were like, dude, come on. Right. Come on. We've been waiting for this for 20 years. Don't do this to us now. <laughs> yeah, I would have cried, for sure. Yeah. If he if he died. Um, but yeah, he falls over, and then I'm thinking like, oh, crap. Tom, <laughs> now Tom's definitely going to kill him. Andrew throws the cure. Tom catches it, stabs it in Osborne's neck, and cures him of the goblin. Mm-hmm. He sits down. Tom is like, "Okay, gotta go help Doctor Strange now." Mm-hmm. He goes up there, and anything, anything y'all want to say about uh, that previous? That was a really big scene. That's like one of the probably the biggest scene in the movie. I think that it was all building up to that. Anything y'all want to say about that before I move on? I, I mean, all I can say about it is I'm really glad that they didn't kill off uh, mm-hmm. Toby Maguire's <clears throat> Spider Man, who who yep. finally. Uh, made it work with mj right uh, right he deserves to go live a long happy life um, in his own universe yeah i i think that would have just been an absolutely terrible thing to have done there mm-hmm. uh just as things you 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 know as they as they win and then you you kill one of them and mm-hmm. i don't know but other than that though the fight scene the whole fight scene is just absolutely incredible the choreography Throughout this whole movie is really good, and um, man, Willem Dafoe and that, Tom Holland both acted the hell out of that. But that scene. that scene with Tom fighting, you know, with with our Spider Man, our, our MCU Spider Man fighting the Goblin Man, like you said, David, it is 
absolutely brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen, I don't know if we've done brutal like that in the MCU other than, you know, you know, the Thanos stuff, yeah, there was some brutal stuff because mm-hmm. of the, just the sheer power. Um, it kind of, like, reminded me a little bit of the, the brutalness of the fight with Bucky, Cap, and Iron Man from mm-hmm. Civil War. Yeah, I was getting real Daredevil Punisher vibes. Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, that, like, there was a lot of blood. Yeah. Which I was really shocked to see, like, Spider-Man covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Um, it was crazy, and I, I love the mo. I love that Toby stepped in and stopped the glider from going in Norman because, yep. of course, in the first Spider-Man movie, what kills Norman Osborn is the glider. Right. That Toby couldn't stop. Toby just jumped jumped out of the way, and the glider went through. Right. And so this is really poetic for like Toby mm-hmm. to stop the glider. Yeah. And, and it was it, yeah really really great. Um, I feel so. like they did a lot of good, a lot of things that sort of um, continued and sort of finished out some story arcs, you know, uh, for, for the characters mm-hmm. from the original stories, which is something that doesn't always happen when they bring back old characters. Sometimes it's like, and here they are, but like they haven't really grown. Like things have happened to them, but they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They haven't necessarily. They I'm sorry. I interrupted oh, you. no, it's fine. They, they haven't, like, I mean, I, I think about, you know, whenever Han Solo shows back up in The Force Awakens, like, it was great, you know, it was so exciting. But in some ways, it's like, so basically, what I'm getting is we're just as irresponsible as we were when we first met you. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't feel like there's been any character development in the past 30 years. Um, and we didn't get that. You know, we, we got some, some real character development happening yeah. for... I, I felt that Toby was a lot wiser. Mm-hmm. Andrew was obviously a lot darker. But mm-hmm. I think that this experience clearly like helped Andrew's Peter Parker come back to the light a little bit. Yep. Um. Oh, and that reminds me, like, there are some great moments, and you're right, this is, this is a great spiritual sequel to those other Spider-Man movies. You get that great moment where after uh, Andrew cures Electro, they, like, sit down, and he's like, come on, man, can you stop now? And Electro's like, I'm all tapped out. And he's like, man, you know, I did see you, like, you were, you were valuable, like, it's just this really good human moment that Peter mm-hmm. Parker would totally do where he's like, he feels sorry for Electro. Mm-hmm. And then it's really funny. It was, it's a great moment. And then it's really funny where Electro's like, man, just you're from, you're from, you're from the hood mm-hmm. and you, you help poor people. And I just really thought you were black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then I love Andrew's reaction. It's like, oh, oh I'm sorry, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are you out there? You supposed to say in that situation? Right. Right. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> okay. So good. And I do Such feel like moment. though that they're setting us up for a Miles Morales with that, especially oh, with yeah. that statement. Well, they, yeah, they they definitely there's like you know a very vague you know, sort of reference to, yeah, to Miles he says, Morales. Like, 
He says, um, there's got to be a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just some, yeah, great spiritual sequel moments for those characters. And it was really, really incredible to see. So now that all the villains have been defeated, there's one lesson to deal with. The multiverse is opening up and all these people are coming through. And apparently, I didn't notice this, but apparently um, there's a lot of Easter eggs. Uh, you can see like Craven the Hunter. You, apparently you can see like an outline of Black Cat, hmm. um, the Scorpion. A lot of Easter eggs yeah. uh, of characters throughout the multiverse who who um, were about to come through. Yeah, you can and, see see the outline. Now, I didn't know who a lot of the characters were that you could see. I'm, I'm actually curious mm-hmm. to go back and, you know, at some point be able to sit down and look at those individually. But I liked the way they showed these characters uh, coming through you know, kind of coming into this dimension. Uh, Because I don't know if you noticed when they first, when Strange cast the first spell and we kind of crack reality there for a moment and you can see, you know, the, the, the kind of the glass cracking and you can see the lizard. Yeah. Like the lizard, like is kind of in that purpley smoke, you know, kind of haze and you see Mm -hmm. it's just this, just this, you know, outline but it turns and looks at strange Mm -hmm. really yeah kind of horrifying right scary creepy Um, lizard man yes great visual stuff that's cool i can't wait to rewatch the movie and try to pick up that stuff but Mm -hmm. tom says okay just cast the original spell where you just make everybody forget that i'm spider-man that's fine okay it's cool and he's like no that's not going to work. It's too far. It's, we're too far past that. And Peter's like, well, what if you just make everybody forget who Peter Parker is? Period. Like erase Peter Parker from mm-hmm. everyone's memory. And Dr. Strange is like, no, we're not doing that. Cause it'll ruin everything. Like it'll ruin your life. And, and everyone who loves you, um, uh, we'll like miss you and we will all forget about you. And there's blah, blah, blah. And, and he even starts to cry a little bit whenever Tom's like, do it. It's what you have to do. Like yeah. you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Like you have to do this. It's the only way to stop it. He goes and he says goodbye to the, fir- to the other spider man where he just gives them a great big hug. Really lovely. Which, oh yeah, I missed the part earlier where Andrew said, I love you guys. And Toby went, thank you. (laughs) Um, He gives him a great big hug. And I just love that moment. Then he goes to say goodbye to MJ and Ned. But then the last we see of Andrew and Toby is is, is Andrew holding up Toby. And Andrew goes, you're in a lot of pain right now, aren't you? And Toby goes, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and they're just hold, they're hold, he's holding them up, and they're just smiling wide. And then he goes and says goodbye to Ned and MJ. Really heartfelt goodbye. Mm-hmm. And Peter says, "I will find you. I will tell you everything." He goes and tells Doctor Strange to cast a spell. Doctor Strange cast a spell, and everybody forgets who Peter Parker is. Mm-hmm. Some time skips. It is now around Christmas time, and he goes to the donut shop. And this really, really heartbreaking scene where he's about to tell. Okay, I was really scared for a second when Ned walked in. 
I yep. thought they were going to do a thing where Ned goes up to her and kisses her. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought they were too. And I was like, I was going to, I was like, I was going, oh no, like that would have just been such a punch in the gut if that happened. Yeah. But thankfully it didn't happen. I think they're just, the implication is they're just friends. Yeah. Um, we found out they got into MIT. And I think Peter realized he wasn't going to go through with the plan whenever he heard them say that they both got into MIT. Yeah. Well, there's that, and there's actually a really cool, and I want to go back and see it, because it, it plays kind of interesting, and it's really quick, but I think there's a little bit of a, MJ brings him his coffee, right? Yeah. And she puts it down in front of him. Well, the whole cup says, we're happy to, we serve, are happy you. to serve you. But when Peter yeah. first looks down at it, the only words in focus initially are, we are happy. Okay. And so when he looks down, he's looking at them and he looks at the cup and he sees, you know, the we are happy and he, he can't bring himself to rock the boat. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, and it's this really awkward scene where he's trying to, not to tell her. And then they kind of have like a nice like, conversation for a second. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, they even have chemistry, not even knowing each other. Right. And you get this feeling that MJ it's not even weirded out or anything. She's just kind of like, what is this guy about to ask me? Like, she's kind of intrigued. And she's like, uh -huh. you know, this guy's kind of cute. Maybe he's going to like ask me on a date or something. Like, what's, what's going on? And Peter just goes like, well, thanks for the coffee. And he picks up the coffee and, 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 and leaves. And it's just so sad. Yeah. And I really, really hope that they, I don't want them to like to retcon this big retcon or whatever, but I really hope they at least like, let Ned and MJ know who he is somehow. Like they, I hope they, I hope they're not just written out of the movie. Like they're yeah. gonna be back, right? I, I hope so. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be interesting they to see how they do that, especially if they're leaving for MIT. And I mean, honestly, right. the thing, the thing about this movie is we ended in a place where if Sony said, "Okay, we're done, uh, we're done playing ball with." the MCU or Spider-Man's now going to go, we're going to do our own thing. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, they, they ended it, right? Like you could end it here. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. We know Spider-Man's the out there, but he's not, a, you know, he's not a player for the Avengers or anything like that anymore. So you just, you know, yeah, you know, Spider-Man's out there in New York and we just don't get any more story. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope that's not what they're doing. There's rumor that they're already planning another trilogy. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope that's the way they're going. I, I really, like, the MCU is better with Spider-Man in it. Yeah. I agree. Um, and we do confirm that, like, Spider-Man, people still know who Spider-Man is. Right. They just don't know who Peter Parker is, which I really like that point because that means that, like, if he wanted to, he could still go to Doctor Strange and be like, hi, Doctor Strange, you don't know me as Peter Parker, but I am Spider-Man, a fellow superhero, hello, mm -hmm. here's what's going on. Like, Or, you know, if the Fantastic Four is in New York, Spider-Man can still interact with these people, mm -hmm. you know, if, 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 if they, he continues in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man is still very much an entity, but Peter Parker is erased from existence, and so we see him move into this really crappy apartment. I don't know where he got money from. I'm not going to think too much about it. Where'd he get money? I don't know. Um, he figured something out, and he moved to his really crappy apartment, 
He's holding a, a, a book for studying for the GED because, you know, Peter Parker was a race. Now that does leave some questions like, okay, yes, you can hit the GED, but, like, in order to, like, I don't know, do that, don't you need, like, I don't know, a license? How do you get a license if there's no record of Peter Parker ever existing? Does yeah. the paperwork still exist? Like, yes, they don't remember you, but if they go look in the file, they'll see that Peter Parker's a person. Like, what, what are the yeah. logistics here? Yeah. I don't know, but I didn't let that bother me too much. He's figuring it out. So he's in this really crappy apartment. He's studying for his GED. He'll probably get his GED and then go, like, not to MIT, but maybe Empire State University. And he now, no longer having that start tech, he sews a homemade Spider-Man suit that we barely get a look at. But from what we saw, I'm in love with it. Yeah. Yeah, we got a look at it. And and I thought it was interesting because they brought the... You know the whole the whole thing. You know Spider Man. When you think about Spider Man in the comics, especially the the early Spider Man, like you know he's all about serving the community, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's what he does. And they brought that coffee mug back, that the coffee cup. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's the, the the there's there's leftover material, the sewing machine, and the coffee mug that says mm-hmm. we're happy to serve you. Mm-hmm. And you see him going out the window. Yeah. Right. Oh, that reminds me. Yeah, when he moves into his apartment, he puts up that little uh, Lego figure of Emperor of the Emperor, yeah. which in Homecoming Ned gave him. And yeah. the funny joke right now is that um, No Way Home used the Emperor in a more meaningful way than Rise of Skywalker did. <laughs> You're not wrong. That's great. Yeah, and so that's great. Um, and and he yeah he jumps out the window and he's like. He kind of has nothing left now except Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, after Aunt May died. Oh, oh yeah, we skip over the scene where he goes to Aunt May's grave. Mm. And Poor um, Happy. he's sitting in here and then Happy shows up. And for a split second, I'm thinking, like, did he, like, find Happy and explain everything to Happy? So now he knows Happy. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Happy's like, how'd you know her? You know, like, he, he doesn't know Peter. That was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, so he uh, after Aunt May dies, he kind of has nothing left except for MJ and Ned. Yeah. So with that being a race, it's like he kind of has nothing left except Spider-Man. Yeah. But he's gonna try to make it, and I know he's smiling, but he's probably miserable on the inside, and it's really, really depressing what happened. Mm-hmm. But he's just gonna do his best. And that's a Spider-Man I can relate to. Yep. And it sets up so much stuff. We're back to the stage one Spider-Man. He's he's no Iron Boy Jr. And he's in a crappy apartment. He's in New York. And he's just being Spider-Man. And I'm sure they're going to bring MJ and Ned around. I think there's some good conflict you can do there. But now also there's some open up room for, you know, maybe a black cat to show up. I think that would be really, really interesting. You know, maybe what happens is in the next one, Black Cat shows up and he's like, okay, cool, I'm with Black Cat. And then, like, at the very end of the movie, MJ comes back and is like, Peter, I remember everything. Like, what? And then, but he's, but now he's sleeping with Black Cat. So, like, well, what's he going to do? I'd love that. There's a lot of great well, things they- you can do. You have put him on, you have built this beautiful foundation for you to do anything with Spider Man. Right. There, okay, there's a lot of stuff. Right. Well, you of course you just made New York a little bit bigger by putting uh, Kingpin back in play. Mm-hmm. Which I'd love to see Kingpin in a Spider-Man movie. I would love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, you know, at this point, hopefully they bring Daredevil back around. Like, you know, he met he met Matt Murdock. He knows there's more to Matt Murdock than meets the eye. Then he's a good lawyer. Yeah. I'm a very a really, good he's lawyer. He's a very good lawyer. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, the sky's the limit as far as what they can do with the character right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's great. So that's the movie, and I just adored it. Absolutely. It was great. Yeah, I want to see it one more time, but I'm I'm curious to see where everybody ranks this one when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have trouble ranking it, because to me it feels like an end game where it's like, as a film, it's not the best MCU film, but as a big event, it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty high up there. I kind of feel the same about it, and it's but it's it's way up there for me, one way mm-hmm. or the other. It's just going to be like do, is it, it's like does it crack my top five or not? But it's gonna be it's it's gonna I'm definitely gonna have to wrestle with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. So there are two post credit scenes. The second post credit scene will briefly touch on the Doctor Strange. That's that's pretty much a trailer. It's mm-hmm. a full trailer, a trailer, yeah. And that's gonna be for a new thing. But this first post credit scene, another thing where people cheered. Um. We see Venom. Mm-hmm. We see Eddie Brock, Tom Hardy's Venom, sitting in a bar, and he's like, "Wait, wait!" So there was this purple face man with these stones. Like he's he's learning about the MCU basically mm-hmm. from this bartender. And this picks up right where Venom Two left off. And at the in the post credit scene of Venom Two, he gets transported to the MCU, which I now think we we understand was whenever Doctor Strange casts a spell, mm-hmm. Eddie Brock got brought into right. the MCU. Now, how that happened when Eddie Brock doesn't know who Spider-Man is, but then the theories are thrown out there that, well, maybe Venom knows who Spider-Man is because mm-hmm. Venom is sort of this... And, and, and they have to talk about it at, at the end of Venom 2 where, like, the symbiote knows the series of the universe and he's, like, thousands of years old and has traveled the multiverse and such. So right. maybe... And I hadn't watched that connection. yet, but they, they talk about an interdimensional hive mind, right? Right, they do, yes. And so, like, because the Topher Grace Venom symbiote knew who um, Peter Parker was, it then, this Venom did too, and so that's how Tom Hardy ended up in the MCU. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. Well, the other interesting thing about that is, if that's how he knew, we're talking if we it's an interdimensional hive mind, is is that little bit of the symbiote left in the MCU, does it know or will it remember who Peter Parker is? Yeah. It's great and I think it will. I think it'll try to find its way there. Yeah. So yeah, he's like talking about it and then he disappears because what happens is Doctor Strange now casts the other spell that erases all of it, mm-hmm. which I'm happy with because um, I didn't want to see this Venom fight this Tom Holland. I just didn't think they would mesh very well. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those Venom movies. Um, a lot of people in my theater went like, oh, whenever he got teleported away, but I was like, good. But yeah, no, I thought it was cool. funny because everybody made such a huge deal. Venom is in the MCU now. Like they, yeah. they made such a big deal. And and then now like we understand how he got there. And then he and then he like 
fades away. He he goes back home, and it's like yeah. that's actually really really funny that they they brought really him funny. in. Is it's mostly just a tease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, but something really cool got set up. A piece of the symbiote got left behind. Yeah, which I'm like, okay, cool. So the next one's going to be the symbiote, which I think is perfect because. Peter's in a really dark place right now. Yes. Yeah. His life has been ruined. It is the perfect time for a symbiote to show up, and he's in his black suit, which is going to look freaking awesome. And maybe a certain Felicia Hardy shows up as Black Cat, and 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 you know it's like a seductress, and it's it's going to be. I think it's I think it's set up for a really great symbiote story. That could come next, or maybe they won't do the symbiote next, or maybe they'll do. I would say Craven the Hunter, but they're making that solo Craven film starring uh, Quick Ass, so I don't know what they're gonna do with Craven the Hunter. See, that joke's really funny because he played a character called Kick Ass, and he also played a character called Quick Ass. That combines them. <laughs> All right, made, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, I was like, I was like, yeah, that, that, wait, that was. It's really cool to see the symbiote yeah. set up. And I think it's a good balance of like people who really wanted Tom Hardy in the MCU. The people who like, really didn't. Okay, you're not getting that, but yeah. you do get that symbiote, so there is a connection there. Right, yeah. And and I kind of wonder if the bartender isn't going to get infected with the symbiote and be our new Venom. I hope not. I don't know what they're going to do with that, though, because like, are you going to have two Eddie Brocks? Or are you going to skip it and I don't know, make it? Is, is this is this Flash going to become Venom? I know it's Agent Venom, but I can't imagine this version of Flash becoming Venom and that actor doing that. Maybe they will. Maybe it'll surprise me. Are they going to do the Matt Gargan like instead of Matt Gargan becoming the Scorpion? Maybe just the Scorpion was his name as like a drug lord criminal. But now he's just becomes Venom, and he skips straight to being Venom. Are they going to do? Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I have no clue. Um, It'll be interesting it, to see what they do, though. I sure. do like it the will. actor that played the bartender. Like, I wouldn't be totally against them doing something there, but mm-hmm. um, I don't. I kind of don't think that's where they're going. Yeah, I have no clue. And then there's the big question of okay, wait. So, so Venom is not the MCU. So, but now Morbius and Venom are in the same universe, but then also the Vulture shows up, but that's not in the MCU now. So is this just like, there's also a Vulture in the Venom-Morbius universe? What's going Seems on? Because Morbius way. is in the same universe as Venom, because in the Morbius trailer, he's like, I'm Venom. Like, they reference Venom. So what is it? Is this now actually going to be in the Andrew Garfield universe there's big rumors about that because he's so popular that would actually be that would actually be really awesome i also think i also think that universe is eventually like if if they don't if sony really doesn't intend to let marvel ever do uh miles morales i think the andrew garfield uh universe is would might be a really good place to introduce Mm-hmm. the Miles Morales character. That would be really cool. That would be cool. There's a lot of possibilities. I don't know. Anything can happen now. Literally anything. The door's open. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of speculation we can get into. Same thing with the Doctor Strange trailer. 
but I kind of want to hold off on getting into that too much, and maybe that'll be the next news show where we can talk about. Yeah, no, I think we can the, hold off a little while on, on talking that trailer, but it's uh, man, it looks like it's going to be a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It's, it a, is. it's a wild trailer. It looks like basically Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is the sequel to this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's that. what's going to tie. We're going to tie in now to you know WandaVision and yeah. Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with Kang showing up, and uh, it's fixing to get crazy. Absolutely. It is. There's one question I have to ask though about that trailer. Do y'all think that that evil Doctor Strange? Is straight up the same Doctor Strange, but what if? I I kind of don't think so, but I would be down for that. Yeah, Strange Supreme, and that what they were calling him, right? Yeah, uh, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I've also heard it said that he's, Muslim. but I, I think, think so. I kind of, of course you I have kind of got the feeling that you know our Strange Supreme is not a villain at the end of the what if stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Um, and this guy kind of feels like he might still be sort of a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, there's a lot to speculate. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm really, really looking forward to that one. Of course, I've been looking forward to that one ever since they announced that Raimi was doing it. But mm-hmm. um, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There's so much. But we'll hold off on more of that. For now, we've been going for almost two hours. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we could go for even longer, but we should gonna, probably sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna wrap this up. What do you guys? Do you guys have any final thoughts on Spider-Man No Way? Go see it. Well, hopefully, nobody that hadn't seen it listened to this. But... Go see it again. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's a it's a wonderful movie. Um, it, it's another example of fan service done right. Yep. It is. The, the action sequences are incredible. It's nostalgia all over the place. It's just, it's a load of fun. And I'm loving that, I, you know, that it has, I mean, it broke opening weekend records. It's mm-hmm. the most, the most successful Spider-Man opening ever. Which is crazy. Like, I mean, that's wild, but, you know, this is what we needed. We needed something like this to bring theaters back. Yep. Yeah, I'm very impressed with the movie, very happy about it, and I'm just overjoyed that we live in a time where this Well, that being said... Wait, 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 wait. You're very overjoyed that we live in a time of... Oh, I'm very overjoyed that we live in a time that this can happen. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And... With that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to the Science Fiction Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a like, a subscribe, a review, follow, a rating, whatever it is you can do on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. Marisha, where can people find you? On, on the internet, you can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore Padawans. Nope. Princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And IMP Padawans on Twitter. And Andrew? All right. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at the Science Fictionary at gmail.com. 
And as always, be sure to check out our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 Podcast Network at Red 5 Network on Twitter. And I am David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter. And until next time, with great power comes great responsibility.